Isn't it frustrating that some of the most important events and journeys in our lives don't come with instructions? Pregnancy, birth, babies, and breastfeeding are at the top of our list. The information out there is overwhelming, to say the least. I'm Sally, and along with my co-host, Melissa, we want to empower you with evidence-based information, as well as our experiences as a lactation consultant, an OB nurse, and a doula, not to mention who we're both moms. Let's get started. All right, well, welcome everybody to today's episode. This is Melissa, and I'm here with Brian Weaver, and we are so excited to bring you perspective today from what it's like to be a dad in the birth room with Absolutely. a doula. Yes. Yeah. I yeah. feel like we usually hear from the woman's perspective, right? right? Dads are very important. Very, very important. Sometimes they think they're not, but they are. They are. And they were part of helping bring this baby to earth in more ways than one. Yes, so that's right. <laughs> we, I feel like we really need to give a little bit more focus and credit to what's um, happening from the dad's perspective. That's right. And especially during client meetings, I often um, like to ask dads specifically, what are your hopes or concerns or what are you worried about for this upcoming birth? Because a lot of times with pregnancy, it's so easy to focus in on what mom is going through, what mom is feeling, what, it's, what she's worried about for the birth. And don't get me wrong, it's legit, valid and important. Absolutely. But when there's a dad, we want to make sure you are equally part of this. So Brian, and his wife, Rebecca, were um, clients of mine a couple of years ago. I was their doula for their second son and very honored to be with their family for this event. And we just had such a great rapport that um, I asked Brian if he'd be willing to share with us today from the dad's perspective on how doula support um, helps dads in the birth process. So Brian, before we dive into all of that, will you tell us a little bit about yourself, who you are, about your family, your interests, like who is Brian Weaver? Hello. Uh, good morning. I am Brian Weaver. Um, I've got two sons. I've got Daniel. He's coming up on five. He's four right now. And then uh, my second son, Elliot, is uh, two. Uh, you helped us out with him significantly. And then day to day, I'm in the Army, which really just boils down to being highly unpredictable as far as schedule and availability. And right now, a lot of time, the family life, mom's all over it. Uh, so that's me. Awesome. Awesome. And is it okay if I, I call you out for a second on your, your awesome setup today here? Because I, um, I, I'm, I'm really loving this. With each of our guests, we've asked everybody to make sure they've got some headphones on. And for most people, that's like earbuds or AirPods. But like Brian's got like the real deal headphones going on here today. So what, what is a hobby of yours when you're not busy being dad and working? I'm a huge nerd. I've thoroughly enjoy video games and when I can fit it in and probably more than Rebecca would like I'm all over it um, and so I have my fantastic gaming headset that is not intended to be stylish at all because well, most times I don't have a video connected when I'm playing video games. Right? Yeah, well, I kind of I feel like it's a recording studio because I know a guitar back there, and I was like, there's some equipment. So it and an old crib like... that Elliot actually used to sleep. Yeah. And rest <laughs> you, you look quite professional back here. Actually, I was like, I mean, he looks like he's like ready to go. I'm yes. loving this. And you know, the reason I wanted to highlight, I was like, a lot of dads enjoy video games. Like 
I, I'm a big fan of men who are nerds. You tend to be smart men. And <laughs> my husband is. <laughs> and um, my, my level of nerdiness, um, I've never really been a gamer, but um, I'm all over the Marvel films franchise and um, kind of obsessed with that stuff. So. I don't know. That's that's where my nerdiness, geekiness comes in. But um, I love it. What is what is one of your favorite games to play? I bet if there's any men listening today, they're going to be able to relate to that. It's really embarrassing. Uh, it's World of Warcraft Classic, which they've re-released from 15 years ago. And, okay. And that's, and that's where I've been spending a lot of time. Cool. Gotcha. I remember friends back in the day telling me that they were into World of Warcraft, so that's a name I actually know. There you <laughs> go. Yep. Awesome. Okay, well, if it's all right, I wanted to um, dive in talking a little bit about, because remind me, just since it's been a couple of years since um, we worked together towards Elliot's birth, um, did you guys have a doula with Daniel's birth? Nope. No. Uh, we did not. We were okay. out in California for Daniel, did not have a doula. So this is kind of a cool contrast that I was hoping we could talk about a little bit is, in, from your perspective, like... What was your knowledge about doulas prior to you and Rebecca choosing to hire me or even to look for a doula? Let's not even say hiring me. Like just shoot, Rebecca chose to look for a doula. Like what was your knowledge about that prior to that point? So I knew close to nothing, um, not anything against doulas. I just didn't, I had no idea what a doula was. And so when we were in California, we developed some close friends who one of Rebecca's friends had a doula, raved about the experience and how fabulous it was. And of course, wanted me on board uh, to have a doula for our second son. Awesome. So was that the first that Rebecca had learned about doulas too? Or has she heard about what doulas were before and it was her friend um, testimony that kind of like cinched up her? I think I want to look for that for next time. I would have to ask her to double check. I, I mean, she's a nurse, right? So she probably had an yeah. idea what a doula is and just being, I'm gonna say a woman and knowing mm -hmm. things that I don't yeah. obviously probably, there's a good chance she knew, but uh, as far as the overall impact, and I think it matters a lot more once you have kids. Mm -hmm. Yeah, absolutely. Especially once you've been through birth once and now it's not just like a mystery of what is birth like. It's like, we had the specific experience and here's our thoughts about, the good and the lows of right. it, whatever that may be for different people. Right. And anytime I've worked with clients who've had at least one baby, they tend to have pretty specific thoughts about oh, absolutely. <laughs> what comes next. Then they're done that. Yeah, exactly. Exactly. Yeah. And that informs how we think about the next experience. Right. So, so when Rebecca said, Hey, I think we should do this doula thing. What was your initial thought or reaction? What's a doula? Yeah, right. What's a doula? How do you how do you spell doula? I know how to yes, spell doula yes. now. Oh, sorry, I probably shouted that way too loud into the mic. But like if I talk to like another guy, they're like, Oh what? It's a word that is not used in any other forum, right? It's not like a hey, yeah. I need like an assistant yeah. or a specialist or a doctor or, or Exactly. Like what are you talking? You've a, made a this doula? Word up. <laughs> you have made this word up. Um yeah. so, you're not the only person I know to have had that reaction. <laughs> Is that an acronym? Definitely in the military, it's got to be an acronym. And hey, in the medical world, it would be, because I'm a nurse as well, it would be an acronym, but it's not. Yeah, right? I, um, I, it's probably some ancient, it's got some ancient meaning somewhere. It, it's Greek. Okay. And let's face it, English is not a language where we heavily draw on Greek. We do draw on Greek, but let's face it, we tend to draw more from the Latin, Latin yeah. and even Germanic yeah. based stuff. Yeah, so yeah. 
Yeah. But me, anytime, because Rebecca has a lot of great ideas, uh, bless her, but I am a frugal individual. So the first thing I'm wondering about is how much am I going to be spending? How much is Absolutely. it going to cost? Absolutely. You're like, even before I learn how to spell it, what is this going to cost me? Exactly. And that was really like my biggest thing. Like, what are you talking about? I've never heard of it. And of course, there's always a price tag. Yes. Yep. But you're, and you're right. You're not wrong about that. Uh, <laughs> which I, that's one of the things I like to reassure dads about is, you know, that's a fair question. Oh, for sure. I mean, absolutely. If, if you're going to invest, you want to know what you're getting into. And not only that, you already have one child and you know how expensive a baby is. So then it's like, okay, this is, you're even thinking differently because you know, two baby, two children are mm -hmm. going to be twice as expensive. Mm -hmm. Yep. In some ways. Yes. So, okay. Well, we, we might circle back to that in a minute, but, um, so, okay. So Rebecca presents this doula idea and you're kind of like, okay, if, if it's not going to blow the cost out of the water. And, um, and so what was it that helped you kind of come along with the idea where you're like, okay, yeah, this, this sounds like a good idea for, for both of us, whether it was her explaining the concept more or meeting people or what kind of helped give you a fuller picture of where the benefit might come from enough to help you decide, yeah, let's dive in. For me, I think the biggest selling point was the close family friend uh, who we were both close with the parents as well as the children through close relationships. And I think her statement was something to the effect of that she would never have a child again without a doula. Oh, wow. Well, that's an awesome testimony from that person. Mm -hmm. And then Rebecca really not wanting to let it go um, mm -hmm. <laughs> after like enough conversations, like this isn't something that I can just say, hey, no, we really don't need It's like, wow, she really, she cares about this. I maybe should figure out, you know, what my reasons are for not or, or really what I'm getting into kind of thing. Did you hit up Google about that point? <laughs> no, I really like, there's so many things that just, I come home from work and it just comes in and hits me right. and it's like, yeah, yeah. okay, cool, <laughs> let's do it. But th that right. is a good trust level in your That's relationship. Right. I actually, I really love that. I love it when couples are able to communicate about things like this and there can be a really good trust level between each other. So, um, and maybe, maybe it would be helpful to ask too. Um, tell us a little bit about Daniel's birth and what you guys experienced in birth um, without a doula there that might have been like, why was Rebecca so keen on having a doula for the next time and particularly was there anything about that birth that was sort of difficult for you in supporting her too <laughs> sort of difficult if i look at <laughs> daniel's birth oh man i like miserable right oh, i mean as as, as miserable as i mean relatively speaking right so he's healthy he's great he's here mm -hmm. uh rebecca with daniel was in labor i want to say like 72 hours Whoa. And, like i tried to get to the hospital sorry you're not in active labor yeah. went back to the hospital sorry you're not in active labor so she had back labor with daniel we didn't know what back labor was nobody warned us like hey oh. like you're not going to be able to want to sit down this is going to be extremely painful and it's wow. not going to progress and you're just going to be at home right and so the other part of it was that we really had not thought about who we wanted there when mm. and so with our first child with uh, mothers and mothers-in-law they both wanted to be physically present and when we we're living across the country yeah. making air air travel is well I'm not going to make a flight as soon as the child's born kind of thing right right so her mom was with us and then my mom and so she's essentially I'm in 
uh, I was in a master's program at the time. I'm in class and she's at home on the couch and she's got two mothers just, are you in labor? Is that oh a contraction? My gosh. How you doing? For <laughs> probably 48 hours. Oh, that's, mm. there's nothing like laboring over your phone while you're trying to labor. Yeah, as as well as you got two people in the room just like just staring at you. Yeah, you can't yeah. relax. You yeah. gotta yeah. almost feel like you gotta entertain. So we never wow. really considered that part, and then it, it just the whole process was very difficult. Yeah. Oh, I'm sorry. And did um did her? I'm assuming like her labor started spontaneously. Did her water break started it, or it was just so it started the but third day I think. Yeah, so I want to say with him, she went into labor on like Sunday night initially for contractions. And then by Tuesday, she'd gone to her doctor and they want to say they, I think they broke her water at that point to kind of okay. help induce labor. I can't remember if they gave her Pitocin at that point, but they just kind of, kind of helped push things along and said, hey, you're going, you're going to get admitted to the hospital. You're not leaving this time without a baby kind of thing. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Well, and I'm guessing maybe that was almost reassuring at that point because you're thinking we've been doing this for a while now. Yes. yes. Did you, let me ask something. Did you, did y'all do any um, childbirth classes before hand with Daniel? Any, anything like that? <clears throat> we had looked into a couple. I think there was like a one for uh, lactation potentially. I maybe a couple books. Right. Okay. I don't think we'd really gone to many classes, if okay. I remember okay. correctly. Okay. And um, how, so how did, how did your perception or kind of feelings throughout the birth process change over the course of those 72 hours between, you know, Rebecca having moms at home leaning over her and you're trying to do the class thing and then be home with Rebecca in the hospital? Like, how did your perspective of like what you were experiencing change throughout that time and were you worried at any point about like oh my gosh how do I get her through this yeah so it was really difficult because we we're all distracted right when I only really want to be with Rebecca and caring for the newborn son I've got mothers to worry about which I mean I love both of them and if I hear this podcast I apologize to them right <laughs> um, but it, it just it kind of takes your attention away from what matters and I think in the whole birthing process, and for me with a doula, it's really easy to lose focus on Rebecca or the mm -hmm. mother in the case. And mm -hmm. I think that if I had to sell it to anybody, and I'm not trying to, but mm -hmm. um, it's a doula to me is mostly dedicated to making sure that mom is taken care of. Mm -hmm. Doctors are there for the baby. You're there to coordinate with mom and baby and doctors and family and kind of mm -hmm. logistician a little bit there. And, mm -hmm. and so it just with the moms there and it, the difficulty and then personal relationships afterwards it was just like trying to juggle too many things at once yeah i'm glad i'm glad to hear you say that because i think whenever you know i obviously teach breastfeeding classes but i also taught lamaz classes and um when i would bring up doula most people would say huh what's that and yeah. <laughs> but they don't they you know they don't understand where the doula's role, role. is because they're especially for the lamaz classes they're in class with their partner because their partner's going to learn how to support mom and be the, the coach, you know, mm -hmm. the birth coach. And so they're like, well, and then of course the dual is not medical. So she's not, so where, what, yeah. what, what, but there's so many different levels of support. And no matter what, you cannot learn everything you need to learn through those classes. Mm -hmm. And that's where the knowledge of a dual comes in. So that's a, where you can put great 
you know, attention and support on the birthing mother. And then there's that gap between medical and there that that's where the doula falls, that she knows, she knows stuff and she can suggest things because, you know, many times partners are going, she's hurting and I don't know what to do because it's stressful as you yeah. just told us. So yeah, I like that you pointed that yeah. out. I think logistician, I'm, gosh, I'm so glad you said that because I've never thought of that word to sum up the role of how dads are probably feeling through all of this. And I feel like that is huge. Mm-hmm. And if there's any way that dads probably need to be prepared for not only birth itself, but like what you were saying, the immediate postpartum that follows and all the d- different responsibilities that come on your shoulders, that is really big. Mm-hmm. It- it's definitely big. Yep. Coordinating with everybody. So, um, so you guys made it through, you brought your baby home, you figured out how to do some different things. And then Time passes and Rebecca's pregnant with Elliot and okay, we're getting a doula this time. Um, so are there, how did, how did, um, how did having a doula there in this case, specifically me, but you know, this could apply to other people, um, help shift maybe some of the stress or concern that you felt the first time around versus this time with Elliot's birth? So I think in one of our earliest appointments, it was the first time, because naturally it doesn't come to you to think actively through like the planning process of ultimately, and we call them in the middle of this experience, and there's no forcing function typically. So for someone to say, here's what I want to get out of this. Okay, now what do I need to make happen to plan for this to go that way. And I think that's really where you came on board in the initial part is, hey, tell me how Daniel's birth went. What did you like and what did you dislike? And what would you like to do better? And what can I do to make that happen for you? Cool, I'm, gl- I'm glad that was useful to you. And then um, how did you feel about the actual um, birth experience itself? Like, did you feel like you were able to put more of your focus where you wanted it to be during the birth experience? definitely took a significant uh, load off of my shoulders, but then I also wanted to touch about because in between those planning meetings and the initial lead up to the actual birth, I don't know if you remember how long Elliot was breech. Oh, I remember. <laughs> yeah. I think Elliot was breech for like the majority, if not all of like the whole pregnancy. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And so then you were there a big support as far as like recommending a chiropractor and recommending exercises and all the things that we could do uh, to try to get him to turn. And of course, Rebecca was Googling and I swear there's like, I can't even remember this, matcha sticks or something like that. Uh, Moxibustion. We were on an iron. Yeah. Thank you. On an ironing board. Multi- I mean, it, was, yes. it was just <laughs> shy of witchcraft. So that ironing board, I tell you. Yeah, I mean, it was crazy. I'm not even sure I know what that is. Can you please explain that? We'll, we'll loop around. I'll let Ryan okay. finish the okay. and then we'll loop around. That sounds interesting. <laughs> and then I don't even know, you may have been one of the proponents uh, for the UCV? Uh, ECV, yes. ECV, thank you. I, was, I knew I was getting it close. Um, and then thankfully, that was fantastic and cool to watch. Mm-hmm. Uh, but again, with military, you're a little bit limited in terms of the medical care you have available. So yes. for Elliot... Uh, with us, hey, your baby's breech, you're basically going to be forced into a C-section. Mm. No ifs, ands, or buts. That's the nature of our insurance. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, and so thankfully, that was successful, uh, a vaginal birth, and everything went well there. Mm-hmm. But I mean, 
you in the room there uh, was a significant load off of my shoulders for the birthing process. I got to be more present in the room. Mm -hmm. uh, mom was better taken care of both physically, right? All the labor pains and the amount of like yeah. exercise in the lower back. Yeah. Oh my gosh, thanks. Like, <laughs> I can help out where needed, but like all good things. Awesome. Yeah, that was, um, so that was a unique and uh, very interesting experience with the process of trying to convince Elliot to go from breach to um, head down. Um, and I've had plenty of clients with breech babies. That's not as uncommon as sometimes people think, but some of them learn a little bit more easily than others. Some of them, the mom just does exercises for a few weeks, gets a few chiropractic adjustments, boom, that baby's turned around. You know, others, we're working over it, we're sweating over it. And I think in the future, we're going to have to do a whole podcast episode on breech babies because this is something of great interest yes. to a lot, a lot of moms. Um, oh, shoot, sorry. Our microphone's just buzzing a little. Um, so what, um, okay, so the ironing board thing, Sally, is this is kind of cool. So there's a website out there called Spinning Babies, yes, which I has a lot of great exercises for moms with body balancing for things between their body, the uterus, helping babies position, yada, yada. Well, they have very specific protocol they suggest for breech babies, um, some exercises you do. And one of those are um, inversions where you, you need to be, um, at an angle with your back and shoulders low and your hips and butt high. Mm -hmm. And a lot of times the easiest way to achieve that is to just slant oh, okay. an ironing board, like to slant the ironing board against a couch or something like that. And okay. so then mom gets her hips right. and legs lifted up high in the ironing board and she's got her shoulders on the ground. Totally makes sense. Okay. Yeah. I get that. Yeah. And you hang out there for like 20 or 30 minutes at a time, a couple times a day. Wow. Um, so Rebecca was so like committed, like she did that numerous times. She did all the chiropractic stuff. Um, some people will try acupressure, acupuncture, if they can find it. Um, she even, um, tried moxibustion, which are these sticks of stuff you can light and burn near your toes. And it has kind of, it's usually an acupressure person who will administer this particular type of, um, of uh, body work to convince baby to turn. And I can remember her telling me that every time she did any of the exercises, anything, that she could feel him trying to turn. Yes. And then he just wouldn't quite make it all the way around. We were uh, even like the song Bonnie Tyler, Total Eclipse of the Heart, will never have any other meaning because there's the whole turnaround part. And she had her phone to the where she wanted his head to go. Yeah. Like, hey, hear the song, like, turn around. Yeah, kind of that is, so I will always, I, yes, I love it. That was another that, technique. That was great. So yeah, for whatever reason, he just, it just wasn't quite enough to convince him. So, um, so you guys did choose to do the external version, which is when, um, this is done in hospital. I know you know this is Sally, but for our listeners, it's done in hospital is when, uh, and it has to be a doctor, um, not a nurse, uh, actually manually attempts to manipulate the baby. Uh, mom will be given a, a drug to relax the uterus. Um, it has to be done in the hospital in case anything happens. She goes into labor or something else happens. And they will attempt to manually adjust the baby. Now, thankfully, the military doctor that you guys had do this for you, I've seen him at work a lot. And he is, um, he, he's quite good uh, with a lot of families. And he's thankfully done, like, he told me thousands of them, uh, thousands of them. Wow, that's awesome. So um, he did it so fast, I didn't even know it was finished. Like, I just thought he was warming up his hands, and then he was like, oh, that's it. <laughs> and then he said, I remember him saying that. Yep, connects the ultrasound. And... That easily. 
So yeah, so yeah. there it was. You told us there was like a 50-50 shot. It was probably done in 30 seconds, I feel yeah. like. I'm sorry I mean, really, yeah. that is unbelievable. Like He I, had yeah. two residents in the room because they were like, I, I, I think it's watch. something that used to be popular and has gone away, but is now is making a resurgence. Mm -hmm. uh, and so, yeah, I think there was even maybe definitely one watching because uh, there was two for the birth. That's what I was thinking of. And mm -hmm. then, yeah, it was crazy. Like he just looks like he's just moving the belly kind of thing. That's yeah. amazing. For those yep. listeners, they can't see my hands trying to like. I know, right? But I'm enjoying it. <laughs> and then she got to carry him for a few more weeks until time to actually have him. So yeah, yeah, I think they did. So did it? Yeah, I'm they do it. For us, they did it at 38 and a half weeks. I'm lagging where you are. I'm not sure, but. Mm -hmm. But yeah, 38 and a half, and then he didn't turn back because that's the other concern. Oh, yeah. Yeah, for sure. Then we're watching that carefully. Yes. Um, well, thank you so much for sharing all of this because I, I think this is just really helpful to hear from a man's perspective, like I said. And a lot of times what I see um, women doing is they're trying to convince their partner to, to have doula support. And um, I always kind of feel for moms in that situation because I, I know that I have met with a number of moms and I've talked to a number of doulas who've been in a similar situation where they want the doula support for one reason or another. And dad is pretty stuck on, I don't know, it's just one more cost. It just seems like a luxury item. I just, I just think, you know, we'll have the nurses there. We'll get through this birth without a doula. The nurses are there. They can do their job kind of thing. Um, and nurses are wonderful. I'm not knocking nurses. We just have different roles. Mm -hmm. um, and they don't have the time that a doula has to yeah. be able to spend, you know? Yeah, especially right now with everybody mm -hmm. being run off their feet with extra right. stuff. Mm -hmm. So, yeah, it's just, it's really nice to hear when somebody sees um, the value for it. And like, if, if you were if you were talking to a guy friend who he was kind of finding himself in that boat, he's like, man, she really wants this. And I don't know. We're just trying to figure out like how to make it work in the budget. You know, I know you shared a couple of things earlier, but if you had to sum it up for our listeners before you go, like, what are the things where you would say to a guy where you're like, it's worth considering, man, like move around what you've got to move around if you, if you can make it work. Yeah, uh, to summarize, again, it, to me, a doula is somebody whose main primary focus is making sure that mom is taken care of, that mom uh, feels valued, right? Because it's very easy. And if you haven't had a child, you don't realize how kind of rapidly things happen and, and things when they go awry. I wanted to also add that uh, Rebecca, after birth, uh, mm -hmm. started to hemorrhage. Mm -hmm. And all of a sudden, like, nobody prepared me for this. All of a sudden, all of the doctors and nurses are back in the room that were there for delivery. Nobody said anything to me. And I'm kind of messaging Melissa like, hey, this is going on. And all of a sudden, you know, you're back in the room immediately, yeah. Johnny on the spot. I if you'd like to have Swaddle come back and, and make sure mom again is taken care of. Yeah, I think I had literally just barely gotten out of the hospital parking lot, actually, when you texted me, like I had just pulled out onto the road. And um for context for our listeners, this was not like five minutes after birth. This was like a couple, I want to say at least two hours after birth. Cause I always say with everybody long enough to get cleaned up, see the first breastfeeding, make sure y'all are settled. Everything seemed pretty good. And so I was like, okay, I think, I think we're good. And I got that text from you and came right back in and they were still, um, working on some stuff with Rebecca and cleaning up. Um, but I, 
I have to say, like, I, I've seen a lot of postpartum hemorrhages. Um, that was one of the more nerve wracking ones I've seen. So yeah, you, you were, you had every right to be legitimately worried about that. Um, but yeah, I was, I was glad that I wasn't very far down the road and could come and be with you for that, because that was my concern as I was like, the doctors and the nurses are going to take care of Rebecca. But I knew that that was going to be really nerve wracking for you to be viewing all of this while you're holding your very newborn baby. Uh -huh. So, right. Exactly. Yeah. yeah. Rebecca, she was okay in the end though. She was. Uh, God bless her. She decided for Elliot to go completely natural. Right. Mm -hmm. So the amount of pain and the amount of things that she was going through, having you there through those, through those contractions, through just the back pain, the planning process of like, just knowledge, like if you're not in these classes or you haven't had children before, the ways that things can go differently if the child's breach, if the child's, um, what am I trying to say? I completely blanked. Uh, if you've had back labor, that's what I was trying to say. Mm -hmm. um, all the different ways that like, if you haven't had a child or you are not already in the medical field, just understanding the process. What do you want to get out of it and plan for it and all the necessary arrangements. And I think you, maybe it was you who'd made a, a code word or one of the nurses as far as like, Hey, if we need to get mom and company out of here, like you could ask for some orange juice from the nurses. Yes. And I'm like, yeah. I'll go ahead and let you speak to that. Yes. Yeah. Um, you know, honestly, at this point, it's been enough time. I can't quite remember who decided on the code word for that. At it the might hospital. have been one of the nurses. That because, sounds like a nurse thing. Because I, you know which nurse would do that? No, it's <laughs> just, well, I was the educator and the lactation consultant. So that's, I would tell all the nurses to tell everybody that. And I would teach it in the classes that I yeah. You know, so an orange juice was always the word that I picked. Okay. So that probably it was me. <laughs> Thank you, Sally, for trickling that down. Thank you. Yeah. And again, again, um, I hope the mothers are not listening because yeah. now I got to find a new one. Hey, can I get some orange juice? <laughs> He's just trying I mean, to get rid of me. Right? Yeah. Code words. Oh, if there's anything I could tell families out there, and I do tell my client families, code words are your friend. And this is part of where the teamwork for birth comes in, you know, between, you know, let the nurse do some of that stuff for you as far as kind of gently implementing stuff like that. Or even if it comes down to it where you're having a hard time with too many people being in the room or wanting to be in the room, let the nurse be the bouncer. They're really good at it. Now, clearly we're talking birthing pre-COVID and someday we will birth with different guidelines than COVID guidelines currently. So recognize we're speaking to a wider mm -hmm. um, scenario here. But yeah, and I often encourage my clients to pick a code word to for um, uh, if they want to have pain relief, like in the mm, form of epidural mm -hmm, or medication mm -hmm. or something, especially, yes. especially for my clients who are planning to go natural. And I don't want to be bringing it up to them if they aren't wanting to discuss it because even just there's power of suggestion, you know what I mean? But I encourage a lot of my clients now, um, just pick a code word so that if you decide for any reason your mind is irrevocably changed on this, like, nope, let's go for it, that if you use your code word with us in the room, we're not going to sit there and have this conversation about, are you right. sure? Let's try something else. Not like time for the conversation. Like, I trust you are an intelligent human being can make up your own mind. Mm -hmm. You know what I mean? Yep. But that helps take the pressure off both dad and doula for... Mm -hmm. the ring around the rosy kind of conversation absolutely that way so I mean, women that are if they need pain medication there's no their brain can't work to have a conversation mm -hmm, about mm -hmm, you can't mm -hmm. you're not you can't do that 
Yeah. Um, for any dads that are listening, and I hope there are a bunch of them, <laughs> um, go over the, you know, just real quick, the stats of, of having a doula, the, the decreased risk of all the things, all the things. Yeah. I mean, I really ought to memorize these one of these days, mm -hmm. but um, we, we definitely have a significant decrease in request for epidural. Um, I think it's like a 28% decrease. And guys, this is based on a Cochrane study. This isn't just based on a blog right. post that somebody pulled up somewhere. It's based on legit Cochrane study. Um, decrease in pain meds. Um, uh, decrease in uh, negative birth outcomes, increase in uh, feelings of satisfaction regarding the birth experience, um, decrease in um, cesarean. Uh, cesarean sections, mm -hmm. and significant uh, vaginal tearing as the well. Episiotomy. Yeah. Uh -huh. and, and that's separate even from vaginal tearing, but there's uh -huh. decrease uh -huh. in both uh -huh. of those. Uh -huh. There's increase in breastfeeding rates. There's increase in um, like I said, mom's satisfaction with the birth. There is even a slight decrease associated with postpartum depression. Now that one is interesting to me. I would really like to know more of like what plays into that because there are a lot of things that play into postpartum depression. So I'm not saying get a doula and you'll never have it. Right. Please don't hear any of that. No. Um, we're just saying that we see either increases or decreases. In right, right, right. That's right. But yeah, so, so hopefully just get all the way around. Yeah. For dads, right. I, you know, one thing I like to encourage people to think about is preparing for a baby is a big deal. Um, and that's what you're preparing for. You're not just preparing for birth, although birth is a big deal. You're preparing for a baby. You're preparing for the whole experience of having this child and raising this child. And you and mom both are going to carry the memories of birth with you for the rest of your life. And mom especially is going to carry them in both um, a mental, emotional, and physical way for the rest of her life. Mm -hmm. And um, and then, then like you have the job of caring for this child once they're born and doulas can provide some postpartum support and at least help you find resources in your community mm -hmm. for that. So one thing I would encourage thinking about is don't just buy the stuff that's like the cutest thing to put in the nursery or something like that. Like think about where you're choosing to invest is what is going to impact you mm -hmm in a big way. The baby's not even going to be in the nursery at first. <laughs> Use the money on a doula. And then do the, I mean, my last one wasn't in the nursery until she was five months old. I could have saved up the money by then, you know? Yeah. Newsflash. So, anyway, would you, yes. would you agree with that, Brian? Absolutely. I think uh, if we have a third, we will definitely be going the doula route. Awesome. Um, yeah, so as Shelly is talking about just in the hospital with the nurses and the availability, you're essentially having somebody, a dedicated professional to help you through that entire process. Yeah, right. That's right. Awesome. Very good. Okay. Well, thank you so much for being here with us today. We really appreciate you being willing to come on the podcast and share about your experience. And I know that this is going to be useful and helpful to some other parents to be out there. So thanks again. Um, thank you everybody for coming and listening and please, please, please share this with your husbands, partners, um, whomever the men in your life are who need to hear this. If you enjoyed today's episode, Share it with your friends and be sure to leave a review. That is a great way for you to help other families just like yours find the information and support they need to navigate the world of pregnancy, birth, breastfeeding, and parenthood. Hey, and don't forget to subscribe so you never miss an episode. The information in this podcast is not intended to take the place of the medical advice 
that you receive from your obstetrician, pediatrician, or family doctor.